Episode 9. Hello again, everyone. It's James Call, Capital Report, the Tallahassee Democrat, and this is our weekly podcast, Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee. This week, Governor Rick Scott issued new sexual harassment procedures for agencies with thousands of state workers. A victim's rights campaign boosted the efforts for a Marcy Law constitutional amendment. They brought a University of Utah law professor to town. Paul Cassell says it's good to be treated like a criminal. And Tallahassee Representative Ramon Alexander. He has one legislative session under his belt. We get him to tell what he has seen, what he has learned, and how he intends to drive policy in 2018 without heading straight into a ditch. The legislative session starts in three weeks. It's Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee, Episode 9, produced Thursday, December 14th. Governor Rick Scott has once again expressed his disgust with sexual bullies, this time with the authority of his office. Scott issued an executive order Wednesday to protect state employees from sexual harassment. He standardized procedures for reporting, investigating, and closing cases. AFSCME said it strongly supports the plan. Representative Loran Osley said it's a positive step in the right direction. The governor's office announced the executive order while Scott was wrapping up a cabinet meeting. Reporters then tried to engage Scott about one of his appointees to the Public Service Commission. Former Representative Rich Workman was to start as a commissioner next month, but resigned instead. Senator Elizabeth Benekisto chairs the committee that would have had to sign off on Workman's appointment, and she said she would not schedule such a hearing. She told a story about being harassed by Workman. She called his conduct abhorrent. Reporters, starting with the AP's Gary Finout and a follow-up from Florida's Channel's John Kennedy, wanted to know what Scott knew and when about the Benekisto incident. Rich Workman, um, you know, did the right thing for his family. Um, I'm going to do everything I can to protect everybody in our state. Uh, that's why this, this is executive order. Uh, I don't go into conversations I have um, with members of the legislature. But don't you think it's kind of somewhat significant if there was, in fact, an example of what you're saying your policy goes for and that nothing was done until Senator Benequisto came out with a public statement? So as I, as I said, I'm going to do everything I can. That's why I put out this executive order. But I'm not going to comment on the conversations I have with members of the legislature. Do you feel that you acted swiftly on that issue? Upon learning that, uh, that there was perhaps a problem with so, as we know, um, you know, when Rich Workman uh, was accused, he resigned, or he withdrew his, his uh, nomination. He did the right thing. Any questions? Is there, is, there a, is there an issue in your mind, in terms, of, in terms of producing this executive order, is there something that's lacking, lacking in the executive branch prior to this order, in terms of the way these issues are handled? I think, Steve, if you, if you go back and look at it, every um, agency was doing a little bit differently. What this, what this did is set up a process where, you know, we, you know, we have um, clear expectations of what the training would be, what the reporting process would be. Um, it's all just to make sure we have a process that works. This is Sunshine on Issues, reports from the State House in Tallahassee. James Call, Tallahassee Democrat. As 2017 draws to a close, the Constitution Revision Commission finished up its final week of meetings for the year. Several proposals have cleared committee. 
the 37-member commission will decide next year whether to place them on the November ballot. They include elimination of state approval of new nursing homes and hospitals. That's known as a certificate of need around the Capitol. Uh, the elevation of the Department of Veterans Affairs to a constitutional mandate, and also a prohibition on the use of vapor-generating devices at the workplace. This week, commissioners had a workshop on victims' rights. Timothy Sierro is pushing a Marcy's Law proposal outlining the treatment of crime victims and their rights in criminal cases. Thirty-some states have constitutional protections that match the 20 distinct rights outlined in the U.S. Constitution for defendants. Sierro, as part of his push, brought to town Paul Cassell, a University of Utah law professor, a former U.S. prosecutor and judge. Here is Cassell's remarks at a media event when he explained that all crime victims want is to be treated like a criminal. Florida's constitutional protection for crime victims no longer serves as a model. It's antiquated, it's outdated, and most sadly, it's unenforceable. We've heard from victims and victims' advocates across the state that all too often victims' rights are ignored here in Florida. What Marcy's Law would do would bring, I think, Florida's constitutional protections into the 21st century and once again make Florida's constitution a model for other states. It would extend a long list of rights to crime victims so that they would not be ignored. It would extend to victims the right to be notified, to be heard, and to be present during court hearings. It's interesting, this morning there was a hearing in front of the Constitutional Revision Commission and even those who were opposed to the measure could only find one or two things that they had any question about. These are not controversial rights. These are not rights that are somehow being pressed by one side or the other of the political spectrum. These are rights that there is broad consensus about. The right to privacy, the right to get property returned, the right to basically be treated fairly in the criminal justice process. You know, it's interesting, people sometimes ask, what do crime victims want? And I think it's ironic, but it's true. They just want to be treated like criminals. They just want the same list of rights that criminal defendants have when they go through the process. They want the right to due process. They want the right to be heard. They want the right to put information in front of a judge. They don't want to veto decisions that judges make. They want a voice in the process. And so Marcy's Law would provide a comprehensive list of rights that uh, has been adopted in some other states as well to ensure that crime victims in Florida receive all the protections that, they're, that they should have. It's interesting too, one of the other provisions uh, that uh, uh, Marcy's Law would provide is a right to notice of court hearings. You know many defendants, they get a, a card or get the police officer to explain what their rights are when they're arrested. What Marcy's Law would do is, this is a sample Marcy's Law card from another state, it would say when a police officer goes to a crime victim's home after the crime, that they would get information about what their rights are and what the next steps are in the process, who they can call if they have questions. Some of you might be wondering, why, why don't we already do this? And I think that's a question that the voters of this state have as well. Why doesn't Florida have the best possible constitutional protections that it can have for crime victims? Well, if the Constitutional Revision Commission acts as I hope it will and next month approves this, this proposal, what happens? The only thing that happens is that the voters in the state of Florida are given the opportunity to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Do they want to have a state-of-the-art comprehensive set of protection for crime victims in Florida's criminal justice process or not? And I think we know what the answer to that question will be, and I hope that Florida citizens have a chance to vote on this in the coming November. The CRC will resume meetings in January. It has until May to decide which proposals to advance to the November ballot. 
A proposal will need 60% of the vote to win approval. The news release headline of the week? We have two. They are political. First, from the Republican Governors Association. Headline, who? Florida voters are largely unaware of Democrats running for governor. It goes on to cite an AIF poll that found no Democratic candidate is known by more than 13% of Florida voters. 13%. Who? Why, that's Gwen Graham. Followed by Philip Levine and then Andrew Gillum. The Dems fired back with this. Like a true coward, Rick Scott once again sells out sick children for the right-wing Republicans who support him. The FDP faults Scott for not signing on to a bipartisan group of governors, urging congressional leaders to reauthorize the Children's Health Insurance Program. And finally this week, I took part in a virtual town hall with Representative Ramon Alexander. We sat in his Capitol office, talked for 90 minutes, and took questions from Facebook viewers. It was a real politics at the street level experience. Incidentally, that's where I first met Alexander 11 years ago, when he was a student protest leader at Florida A&M University. Here's about four minutes of our talk. Funding in our juvenile justice system goes to private companies to make money on the backs of our kids. There's a problem when you go 10 years without giving pay increases to state employees. There's a major problem. There's a problem when you give out over $250 million and Florida A&M University gets zero. There's a, there's a problem when FAMU scores well and scores a 65, a very good score one year, and the next year Florida A&M University gets zero funding. There's a problem because the system is designed to pick winners and losers. And we all are taxpayers, and we all have an obligation, and we all have a responsibility to make sure that we protect all of us. Isn't a democratic republic a competition among special interest groups? Well, when, when, you, when, you, when you draw the lines a certain way, we, we talk about gerrymandering and, and, and all these other challenges that we have, uh, I don't believe that the Florida legislature is completely reflective of the citizens of Florida. Uh, you look at the numbers and, I, you know, with Democrats and Republicans and how the lines are drawn, and, and I believe that we're starting to see some changes in that. Uh, but uh, we have to make sure that there's a balance. I believe that when you go too far to the right, if you're driving down the road, you end up in the gutter. If you drive too far to the left, you end up in the gutter, and you get gutter politics. Most people are in the middle. They're reasonable. They're pragmatic. They care about their children. They want to make sure that they receive a good quality education, that they have safe streets and safe neighborhoods. And we want to focus on that. We want to make sure that our children receive a good quality education. Right in Gaston County, our, our public school teachers, uh, they're receiving six to $8,000 less to teach at a Gaston County public school. And so we're continuing to have challenges of keeping our teachers in Gaston County. Our babies in Gaston County deserve the same quality of education that they were serving in Leon County. Our, our children at Gaston High School deserve the same quality education that a child at child's high school receives. The system is designed for us to fail, and if we don't wake up, and we don't hold people accountable, and we don't speak truth to power, we will continue to have some of the same challenges. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to stand up, even if I have to stand alone. If I have to take tough votes that uh, no one agrees with, I'm going to do that. I'm going to fight for funding for FAMU. I've been able to articulate and break down the performance funding model for the state university system where the chair of all committees 
that are applicable to that area are paying attention. We've had serious dialogue and the numbers don't lie. You create a system, James, in 2014, but now you're seeing the numbers and you're seeing the inequities in the system. You're seeing the inequities in public education. You're seeing the inequities across the board in, in so many areas in our correctional system. And we have a lot of things to fix. And if we uh, remember that, and we remember our purpose and our role, and we hold people accountable and we're educated to do so, I believe that we can make a difference. Sunshine on Issues reports from the state capitol in Tallahassee is produced by Ashley White for the Tallahassee Democrat and the USA Today Network Florida. Give us a rating on Apple iTunes. Tell your friends to subscribe on SoundCloud and write to me at jcall at tallahassee.com. This is James Call, Capitol Reporter for the Tallahassee Democrat. Let's talk again next week. And I thank you for your time, my friends. <laughs>